So hi everyone, welcome to another episode of our podcast. And today I'm really happy to have with us Lisa Laoye. And Lisa is, well, a communications expert with a very strong background in diversity and inclusion. And she has great experience there and she's, you know, extremely passionate about it. So we're really happy to have her on our show today. So Lisa, how are you? I'm well. I'm so glad to be here. It's been Thank a while. You, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa, for joining us. So, um, Lisa, could you maybe share with us, um, you know, a little bit in terms of what you do, your day job, and um, also share with us, you know, what you do in the area of diversity and inclusion? Okay. So, yes. So, um, I am a communications professional, as Aline just said, and I have worked in journalism, news, in corporate communications, and for nonprofits over the years. And I'm just passionate about all things global. And I think that lends itself to to my passion for diversity. And I've noticed that throughout the course of my career, whether that was, you know, an, an official part of my role or not, I always found my way towards doing things in the diversity space. So some of the roles I've had is, you know, I've been communications lead for diversity and inclusion in mm-hmm. previous roles. My last role was as a director of foundation partnerships for a nonprofit called Global Citizen, where we tackled a lot of global issues that mm-hmm. led that lead to poverty. And so we focused on a lot of equity work with women and girls. We focused on a lot of essentially just meeting global needs that kept mm-hmm. people oppressed or poor. Um, and so I think there was, a, there was a whole diversity piece of that. And in my role, I had to work on making sure that even during COVID, one of my big projects with the organization was making sure that different diverse communities and communities of color in particular mm-hmm. got the correct information they needed to be able to tackle and deal with the pandemic. Um, I've, again, I've had a number of different roles focused on inclusion and diversity, but I found that even when that's not my quote unquote official title, there's always a, I always find myself doing some project that's either about empowering women in the workplace, empowering yeah. people of color in the workplace. Like there's always some diversity project I'm doing officially or unofficially. Sounds great. And, and, I, and I think it's really meaningful work. And I just love like, you know, when you say like you're even in your day job, somehow you just find um, some means or some ways to you know, get into, um, you know, some kind of project that's diversity and inclusion. Now, I think, um, and I think you agree with me as well, I, in, in the recent years, especially, we've been hearing so much about this topic, right? Diversity and inclusion. What does that actually mean? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, what does it mean? You know, I think like things that are popular, right? So, you know, sometimes we do lose the meaning. So I think it's a great question. Mm-hmm. When I think about what diversity means, I, I think that it's, it's basically bringing people of a range of different backgrounds mm-hmm. and perspectives essentially to the table, whatever that looks like. Um, I think that it's, I had an old mentor in the diversity space who would talk about how diversity is being invited to the party mm. and inclusion is being asked to dance after you get to the party, right? So I think diversity to me, <laughs> right? Isn't that great? Like, it's, so it's not just that you come to the party, which is easy to understand as well. 
Yeah, it is, you know, so so I, that's how I like to think about it is that diversity is bringing people of different ways of thinking, ways of learning, ways of being, perspectives, uh-huh. um, cultures, genders, faiths, et cetera, to the table. That's what diversity means to me. Yeah. And how about inclusion? So, yeah, as we just kind of touched on, inclusion is the part of like, again, inviting inviting them to dance, right? It's not just come to the party, but just sit in the corner and you don't get to be a part of things. Inclusion is that piece of empowering people to actually be a part of all that's going on, not just, okay, let's make sure men and women are represented here, for example. But I think it's it's actually being part of decisions that are being made, part mm. of the like inclusion is being a part of everything not just present in the room okay so um we talk about you you touched on you know making sure that men and women are represented um it could be in an organizational setting etc so and and this podcast you know we were specifically you know relating to women so in your view why do you think it's important for women you know to be better represented at work and in the workforce? Um, so just, just a personal aside, there's a part of me that's almost frustrated that we are still having this conversation, you know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm like, we're half of the population. Like, that's why we need to be included. You know, that's why we need to be represented is we're mm-hmm. literally half of the world. Uh, mm-hmm. And isn't it, I think, to paraphrase, I think it's, uh, I'm not sure it's a proverb from, I'm not sure exactly where it's from, where they talk about women hold up half the sky, but mm-hmm. I'm like, really, you know, we are half of the world. So we need to be half of the decisions, half of the workplace, half of the leaders. Like, I think we need to be represented everywhere because we are, we are here and we're half of the world. Yeah. And, and in your view, do you think we're there yet? Like, are we far from, you know, like you said, women were half of the world. Um, do you think that companies are, you know, necessarily bringing, you know, these perspectives in and really walking the talk? Or do you th- still feel like, oh, we have a lot to do? Yeah, I mean, I like to be a half, you know, glasses half full person. I think that we have made a lot of progress and mm-hmm. we have come a long way. And mm-hmm. I think we still have a lot to do. I think that it's, I think when it comes to gender, I think probably in the workplace, we've probably done the best with that aspect of diversity, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm surprised that we're still having so many of these conversations in 2023. And I think that points to the fact that we have, so have a long way to go. I think a lot of us are represented in many companies mm. on, you know, in lower in, in the in the lower ranks, if you will, but I think we're not as represented as we should be in upper management at this stage in mm. the game. Yeah, and, and to that, right? So, why do you think that's the case? Like, why why is it like you said, we're in 2023, women are well educated, you know, we're smart, we're like multitasking. Why do you think in this day and age we're still facing those challenges, like not being you know, in the upper management as much and, and, you know, yeah, and you're right, like still having conversations like, oh, women need to be better represented. Why do you think we're, we're not there yet? Like, what do you feel are the challenges that's like, or, or, or the obstacles that's, um, you know, blocking women from being, being, you know, better represented in the world environment? What are the obstacles? I think, I think it takes time for change to happen. It's just one, you know, 
the first part. Even when we know things need to change, I think actually seeing things transform takes a while. Uh I think that people... You know, as as people, we can be gatekeepers, if you will. So if, if men are most most of the C-suite, for example, and people are making deals on the golf course, for instance, right. it's hard to involve people who are not present. And again, which goes back to the, the, the need for diversity and inclusion. Like if you're doing things, if this is a homogenous group of men in leadership, for instance, it's how do you create opportunities for there to be women who are just as qualified to be in the conversation and to have the opportunity to go up for the same roles and to be considered, you know, to be considered for the same roles, hired for the same roles. So I think part of it is, is just that we sometimes we're not in the rooms when these conversations happen. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, and I know you've heard this over the years is that it's really important for us to not just have mentors in the place of work, but sponsors. Mm-hmm. Like we got to have more men, honestly, who are in the room talking about the incredible women who may not be in the room. So I think that's happening, but it needs to happen more. Um, I think another reason we're still where we are is that, unfortunately, women still get penalized for being oftentimes the primary caretaker in the home. So I I know organizations can, can be leery of hiring women of a certain age because they think, oh yeah, she's going to have kids and then she's not going to be as focused and that whole thing. So we, women get penalized for being parents in a way that men don't, aren't. Um, yeah. so, I, so I think it's a lot of the same things we know, but just really changing the mindsets and honestly not punishing women for being, for often taking on more in the home. I think we need to encourage men to take on more in the home so mm-hmm. that women can be to be to do more in the workplace. And I think we need to realize that the fact that women can run homes is actually such a superpower that would transform so many organizations if we would tap into that, you know? So I'm not even sure it's anything new as much as it's that we need to continue and we need, you know, the people who are running things really needing to realize that things get better when you have more diversity and in this case, more women in the room. Yeah, I it is it's interesting. I'm not biased, or maybe I am, but I I did uh, I have read somewhere like women actually make the best leaders because um they like you said it's a superpower, right? Like they are uh, um, moms, they are mothers, they are wives, they are daughters, and it's like you know they take on so much that mental load is tremendous, mm-hmm. and. And that, you know, bringing that to the workplace, you know, having to like deal with multiple stakeholders and, and let's face it, like our husbands are stakeholders, our, yeah. our parents are stakeholders, our kids are <laughs> stakeholders, you know, being able to manage that, that, you know, constantly evolving, you know, um, those challenges and, and environment that actually makes us better leaders than, than, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, it's like, okay, it's, Definitely women are better leaders, but I just feel like with that, with that skill, with that, you know, that's um not necessarily not necessary by choice sometimes, but it it just helps us to kind of um be able to handle tricky or challenging situations at work. Um so yeah, like like it's just funny because you raised that and I have read that somewhere, like women actually make really good leaders and they have that. Um again, I could be generalizing, but women tend to be um you know, sensitive, most sensitive to needs and emotions at times. And again, um, and, and Lisa, feel free to chime in. Like I've, I've heard as well, like 
oh yeah, women tend to be emotional at work. You know, when they when they say something, you know, they're deemed to be emotional, whereas when men say something, they're deemed to be assertive. So stuff like right. stereotypes like that still exists. And mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I just want to want to hear you know all your views about that. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think the I do think women make better natural leaders, uh, and I will own my bias in this way. I'm like, <laughs> I'm biased, and I think I'm I'm right. You know, and to your point, there's so much that we just have as women that make for being good leaders. So so there's actually scientific research. This is just biological. Women yeah. read mo- emotions better. Period. That's just how we were made. Um, yeah. And we're able to read expressions better than men can. And that's just a biological um, trait that we were given because we yeah. tend to be the you know caretakers. So you need to be able to look at your baby and figure out mm, something is wrong when they can't communicate. So, yeah. and that's not a skill that goes away. So can you imagine a leader who's better able to read the emotions of the team? Yeah, uh-huh. sign me up for that. Like, that's awesome. Um, yeah. To your point, I think we're natural. We're multitaskers. Um, yeah. And I think that, like, being able to do many things at once and do them well is such a superpower. And it's so important in the workplace, to your point. We stakeholders, you know, we have so, such diverse stakeholders, parents, children, friends, yeah. you know, and we're navigating all of those things at once, which is incredible. Um, I think there's oh, there something else you spoke to that I wanted to respond to, but I just, I do think actually there's just so much research about the ways that we lead being really honestly, in many cases, more effective. Um, Oh, I think what I was thinking. So I think the other, as someone who's done branding in the past, I I think one of the things that, the ironies, I guess, that sometimes is amusing, but is often frustrating is that somehow, (laughs) I feel like men have managed to brand anger as not being an emotion. Because I think, I think all humans are emotional. I think women have a better range of emotion and a better grasp and we're better in tune with our emotions which again is a superpower men tend to be yes and this is a growth generalization i know not every man is this way not every woman is this way but again the research supports it men tend to be less in tune with emotion again their their own emotion and the emotions of others right and i think somehow over time in society we've branded anger as not being an emotion i live i mean i'm american I live in the U.S., unfortunately, yet again today, there's been a mass shooting in the U.S. Oh, gosh. Done by yet another man oh. who has killed these people. And I just think, like, that's emotional. And that's a bad kind of emotional. I would rather have someone who's like, I'm hurt and sobbing any day than someone who's hurt and who gets a gun and kills strangers, which is what we have, what feels like almost every day in the U.S. So don't tell me men are not emotional. Men are yeah. extremely emotional. You know, and actually, unfortunately, theirs can be dangerous because they're not in touch and they don't know what to do with it. And they society, and I don't think it's their fault. I think a lot of times as society, we've conditioned men to only be okay. We only allow them to be angry. And so yeah. everything for them is anger, which is honestly even more destructive. Yeah. And I feel like society has kind of also shaped, you know, certain norms in terms of how men should be and it's interesting because um exactly and and in some of our um earlier episodes i actually spoke with um, a psychotherapist and she was actually touching on this topic as well where um women you know generally when we're faced with um emotions such as anger or depression etc 
we're more willing to open up and seek help as compared to men, um, you know, who might feel like, oh, yeah, it could be seen as a sign of weakness. And um, it's just kind of like, it's interesting because I think men and women approach, um, you know, things differently. And also it's due to the fact like you just mentioned, like society has placed these norms on on both genders and women should be this way, you know, men should be this way. And that kind of, um, you know, it's quite, it can be quite stifling in terms of like, okay, you know, now, now we're in this world where we're talking about diversity and inclusion. We want to be, you know, open to everyone. And now, and now you have like non-binary terms, you know, it's no longer defined. Yeah. You no longer should be defined by your gender, but really by, you know, merit, you know, like in terms of what you do, what you can offer, what you can bring to the table. But, you know, it could be, it could be society. And, and I think, and it's interesting yeah. because Lisa, you're in America, I'm in Asia, and again, you know, the Asian society norms are also a little bit different. So, very different. yeah, <laughs> like you know, like men are supposed to be like looking after the home, the house, bringing the you know, bring bring home the bacon, and and okay. women in some aspects it's kind of like we've got to work because like Singapore, for instance, is like a really expensive society, so both parents typically need to work. But then again, as women, we're taking you know an extra piece of the pie, as so our pie has got bigger. Because then we're still expected to be caregivers to our children and our family, right. but yet, yep. you know, we're still expected to excel at work and be a great, you know, um, you know, worker in, in, in the workplace. So, so yeah, that's, that's, I think we're trying to evolve, but yet there's still some traditional or society norms that are holding us back. Very, very true. I mean, I think we could be here all day just talking about the norms. And I do think the norms work against us both so you know it's not fair to me that they don't get to be anything but angry like I can't imagine living that way you know it's not fair to men that as you said some societies put the caretaking or you know financial piece only on them you know I think that's changing all Mm -hmm. around the globe as you know most people have to have two working parents but to your point there's still this expectation placed on women to be perfect at work and perfect at home somehow which is burning a lot of people out. Um, but then there is, again, the, the whole expectation to always be strong and never struggle that is also bringing men to their knees. So I think at the end of the day, I think part of why I like the space of diversity and inclusion, or even, I mean, you mentioned mental health. I'm passionate about that as well. Mm-hmm. It's just that we've got, we've got to change these paradigms. We've all worked you know, worked in between because it frees us all. Like if we if we have men who are in touch and who can deal with their feelings and women who can share their load and, you know, men who can share their load in different ways, like it, it makes life better for all of us, basically, if we, if we kind of stop holding on so strongly to these cultural norms that in many cases aren't serving us. Yeah. So I, I just want to raise another point as well. I think um, societal norms we talked about, and and most also maybe speaking from somewhat of a personal experience is I feel women sometimes have you know could potentially have that self-limiting um mentality. So so what does that mean? So like you know um especially after you you, you become a mom or you become a, a, a wife and, and that pie gets bigger because you gotta do so much more. And then again, you know, I want to be really great at what I do. I want to be at work, but I want to be at work like 100%. I'll be present. I want to, you know, be at my best. But yet I've I've all these like, you know, um, things I have to worry about, you know, my family, my my kid. 
how how can we you know as women kind of like step out of our own you know self-limiting you know um i call it like self-talk as well to to be able to take on um you know bigger things in in at work and not be not be afraid and, and to be to be courageous in, in in that area so because i think companies can help but in your view um you know how how can that be addressed like helping women you know to to be a lot more efficient at work to to excel at work despite all these um challenges and extra um responsibilities that we have yeah great question i think that it's it's like everything it's multi-layered right i think part of it is we need to, which is also part of why I love diversity and inclusion, because it's not just about, again, different races and different genders. It's, it's about different ways of working, different ways of thinking. Like there's so much mm-hmm. that goes into diversity, right? And I think part of it is, A, we've, you know, realizing and appreciating what different people bring to a team. Like when you feel appreciated for who you are, for how you think, for how you show up on the team, mm-hmm. that's empowering. And I think that's, I think everybody needs that in the workplace, not just women, but yes, I think, I think it helps women more because a lot of what comes naturally to us, which can be called like pink leadership style or soft skills sometimes, mm-hmm. those things are not as valued as they should be in a place of work, even though they are just as important as some other skills that we you know, put value on, like being authoritative or directive or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there are many women who can do that and do that well as well. So I think th- I think the whole conversation of come as you are, you are valuable as you are, will make a difference to that for both men and women in the workplace. I think that women having different, you know, mentors, sponsors within the organization, I think makes a difference for that. I think we need to also just be, just honestly decide to give ourselves the, the room to say, this is too much. I can't handle this right now. I need, you know, so I think we were talking earlier about just one of the gifts of COVID was that we all realized that we didn't have to continue at the pace that we were continuing. A lot of us are working remotely yeah. these days or doing hybrid, you know, workplaces. So I think just trying to, and I think, again, this honestly benefits men and women in the workplace, but I think it's organizations being more in tune with, there are many different ways to get this done. We don't always have to sit here staring at each other in the office to get work done. Yeah. Some people get more done at home. Some people get more done in the office and to open that up for people. um, You know, I think just giving us different ways that we can be successful. But I think for women, what we can do is know what we need, Mm -hmm. speak up for ourselves, speak up for other women, uh, ask for what we need and really just be a be an intentional force for (laughs) for good in that way of making helping leaders see things that they don't see and, and fighting for the good of all of us really in the workplace because the more we the more we value the different things people bring into the office and do what it takes for them to be able to bring it in at their best and at their highest capacity we all win great and i and i and i think that's a that's a good message um and i also feel like companies are are definitely more and more aware in terms of um, inclusion and diversity so just to give you an example, um, and we talked about mental health. I think mental health is is a crucial topic, and also companies are, uh, you know, 
also starting to look at it seriously because I guess COVID, yes, you're right. Like we 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 realize you know there could be a new way of working, but yeah. also we are seeing um burnout, so mental burnout because people are isolated. And, yes. you know, they, they're just facing the computer and working. They're not able to see their friends and, and family. So um, I, I think it's it's also important for companies to look at mental health seriously. So um, mm-hmm. just just to, for example, like my company offers um, sort of like a like a hotline or a helpline for anybody who wants to talk to someone. Just talk to someone about challenges yeah. at work or challenges, you know, in, in their personal lives, which I thought was a was a great initiative. And and we had access, we have access to like um, meditation apps where you know people could just you know take a breather, you know, um, go to the medita- uh, you know, go to the phone, put on some yeah. some med- meditation music or whatever, and and just take a break. Um, and I feel that, that that helps both. Like you're right, like both men and women, and we're not talking necessarily here about just women but just you know for everybody right like men women um different kinds of sexuality you know age whatever um yeah because I think it's 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 the same like we're talking about women here but it applies to everyone it applies to everyone yeah and I think you, you and I even as leaders in the workplace I think part of what we can do and part of what we can all normalize is talking about those things is not just telling people oh you have a hotline but saying Oh, I called the hotline last week and it really helped me process, you know, something I was struggling with. You know, yeah. people can people have different degrees of, you know, wanting to share, but just really sharing about how you have needed that at different points. Because there's one thing because sometimes things like therapy and I'm a big fan of therapy. I love therapy. I've done mm-hmm. therapy for many years. I find it to be a lifesaver. But I think so. sometimes people can say to other people like, oh, you're stressed. You need to go to therapy. And that can have a stigma with it, too, versus you know what, there is this hotline, I've used the hotline, it's helped me, or I haven't used the hotline, but I've used other therapists and they've helped me. So yeah. you, which, which just empowers people to, again, take take the help that they need, you know, take advantage of the help that they may need. Yeah, and I think really it's to your earlier point about being open, being honest, yes. um, and having that awareness to to reach out, to speak mm-hmm. to someone and and you know, even if it's like in relation to challenges at work, you know, perhaps like I, I really love the fact that you talked about um, mentors because I feel having a mentor is kind of like having like a best friend at work, kind of, where yeah. you can, you know, just, you know, speak to him or her and, and just get some 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 advice or just even have a listening ear sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like that 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 really, you know, helps a lot. It and really I, think, I know like, in some companies as well, they're, they're really pushing for mentorship and coaching, you know, something that I'm also very passionate about. And I think you are as well, Lisa, um, <laughs> you know, because I feel, I feel, you know, we're in this society where we're like constantly, you know, on calls, we're working virtually and, and sometimes we just need that, that, like I said, like a work bestie or work best friend, um, yeah. you know, to, to just kind of like share feelings, share thoughts. And 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 it's not necessarily seen as a sign of weakness. It's just yeah. not having someone to talk to, and it's really powerful. It's it's so important. I think. I mean, community is everything to me. I think we we need it. Um, and to your point, like we we can't do life alone. We were never meant to. And, and you know, again, as you mentioned, while there are benefits to the hybrid way of working or the fact that we all work on our computers, there's also a downside side to that, right? Which is mm. the loneliness and less human interaction, less human connection, um, which yeah. is causing 
other issues for, for all of us as a global society. So I think it's it's the balance of knowing that we can't do it alone and not mm. to be expected to do it alone. I think, you know, be, again, being American and in America at the moment, we have a very individualistic society, which again, <laughs> doesn't help any of us, but we have more of that culture, I think, than I've experienced in Asia mm. um, or in Africa of, you know, I think those other communities can be more can ha- can value the the group more than I think we can in the U.S. and we're paying our consequences for that. But I think just even as leaders in the workplace, being encouraging people to know that they are not expected to do it alone. You know, you you yeah. can't do it alone, even if it's just a thought partner. There's something about bouncing an idea off of someone else, sharing with somebody else, just having a moment to to have somebody experience or witness what you're mm-hmm. going through that I, all of us need to be healthy and to be at our best and to not, you know, and I think we need to promote that and normalize that um, so that people don't feel weak, as you said, for needing yeah. other people. Like we were made to need people. That literally is the way we should be. There's nothing abnormal about that. That's just you being human. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa. And um, we're coming to the end of our episode. And I just want to ask, you know, for you, what do you hope to see in the in the near future when it comes to diversity and inclusion? Like, what is your, you know, if you could have a wish list, you know, what what mm. what would you ideally wanna, um, what kind of picture do you envision? That's a great question. That's a big question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think what the first thing that comes to mind, I think, is for all of us to realize the depth and breadth that's covered in diversity and Mm -hmm. inclusion so i think you know in every society or even as individuals we we all have the aspects of diversity and inclusion that matter most to us you know as people um so i think for me you know gender is very important to me personally Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that um so i guess when i think about the aspects of my personality or character that i want people to know you know gender is a big one for me nationality is a big one for me Faith is a big one for me, um, and but there's so many different aspects to to who we are. So I think my wish list is that we get that diversity is more than just like gender or sexual orientation. Uh, orientation. Sorry, I can't speak all of a sudden. Um, that we get that diversity is more, yeah is more than just gender, race, sexual orientation, which are the areas we tend to focus on in general and in the corporate space. But realizing that, you know, birth order is part of <laughs> gender culture is part of um of diversity eq and iq you know um the way you like we talk we're talking a lot about neurodivergence these days and people Mm -hmm. ways of thinking that's all part of diversity you know um even the level level you're in in the organization is part of diversity you know it's being a senior leader versus a middle manager so i think my wish list is that we continue to get that we are all diverse that's not just something that pertains to underrepresented groups, which is sometimes how it can be viewed. Yes. At, in right. the US. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of my that's a big part. Cause um, you know, here in, in the US, when and this is a kind of gross generalization, but a lot of times when we start talking about diversity, white males can feel very frustrated because they just feel like great. They're talking about everybody but us. And it's like, no, yeah. you're part of it. Like you yeah. you know, there's so much that affects diversity that you have as well. It's not just all gender and race. So I think yes. that's my first wish list is realizing we all, we're all so diverse and that we all get in touch with those areas of who we are. Like, 
personality. That's all part of diversity. And just that we embrace those things mm-hmm. in ourselves and then embrace it in others. Yeah, well said. And Lisa, could you just, you know, before we end, tell us what's upcoming for you? Like what's in your what's in your plans? Um, you know, what's you know, especially maybe in diversity inclusion, do you have any exciting projects or um, you know, like fun stuff? Tell us. Yeah. Yes, thanks for asking that. Um, I do, actually. So I will be launching a podcast that is specifically dedicated to diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging. And um, the name of it right now, if anything changes, I'll let you know, is Inclusion (laughs) Market Spot. And so I'm working on it, have recorded a couple of episodes, and I'm planning to launch it before the end of this year. Um, so I will keep you posted. I would love to have you on my podcast as well, but please stay tuned for that. But I, you know, on that podcast, we're going to be talking about just so many aspects again of diversity mm. to, to match my, my wish list is just to help us all know that there's so many aspects to our personalities and our lives that we're all diverse and how to embrace that, how to empower that and how to use that as a contribution in the world. Yeah. And thank you, Lisa. I think today you have really shared um, so much with us and, and, you know, really, I mean, even for me, I've learned so much, like diversity is not just about, like you're right, like gender, which is mostly what's being talked about these days, you know, sexual orientation. But you're right, like down to personalities, down yeah. to, you know, where you are in the organization, at what level, um, working with, you know, different people from, from all over the world. So so thank you for, like, opening my eyes. And I'm sure, you know, our, our listeners you know, have also learned a lot from you today. So Again, thank you for um, speaking with me all the way from the U.S. And I wish you all the best in your podcast. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. It's been it's it's a great conversation to have. And I'm looking forward to staying in touch with all of your conversations as well. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Bye. Bye.